You're listening to episode one of the Brain BS podcast, separating the fact from fiction in our brain. Welcome to the Brain BS Podcast, where you will learn how to recognize when the BS detector in your brain is sounding off and how to use that knowledge to get what you want out of life. Now, here is your host, certified life coach from the Life Coach School and podcast newbie extraordinaire, Maureen Kafkas from MK Coach LLC. Well, here we are. I'm finally doing my first podcast episode. MK here, Maureen, Mo, as many of you call me from growing up. I'm hearing that a lot in the Brain BS group um, that I created on Facebook. It's kind of funny to be getting called that because I haven't been called that for a long time. But hey, you guys can call me anything you want. Um, Okay, so I have to decide then how the format of my podcast is going to be. So I'm going to start each episode, I think, just kind of chatting giving you an idea of where I'm at in my head and the brain BS that's been kind of going on with me. And then I'll get into the topic of the episode in today that is separating fact from fiction in our brain. So, well, I've had a lot of brain BS come up doing this podcast. It's sort of like been a roller coaster. One minute I think I'm quite capable and the next minute my hopes come crashing down. So it has been a real exercise for me to figure out how to keep going, to not be too miserable in the face of fear and doubt and uncertainty, get the job done, and still be somewhat nice to my husband, who's been pointing out to me that I'm not. <laughs> so um, yeah, that's the way it is though, right? When you go out of your comfort zone and you're trying to do something new and different that you've never done before, it's not going to be easy. So one of the One of the sayings that I always use and adopt when I'm doing that is that I welcome all the discomfort that comes with personal growth and a successful business. All of it. So if I'm never having any discomfort, I want all of you to think about this. If none of you are ever having any discomfort, you're always feeling pretty good. Nothing really gets to you. Then I hate to say it, but you're not really living your life to the fullest. You're not really fully participating and putting yourself out there. You're just kind of making sure that you stay comfy. And I I get it. I like comfy too. I liked comfy for a very long time. But I'm going to tell you, there's going to be discomfort as we get older anyway. And comfortable can get really uncomfortable in time because it means we're not growing. It indicates apathy and an unwillingness to put ourselves out there. At some point, this is going to become more painful than trying to achieve something new. So speaking of something new, um, let's get to the point of the episode today. So I'm calling it Separating Fact from Fiction so that you can learn a few things about your brain. There are three things that I want you to learn about your brain today. The first one is we consistently believe things to be factual that are not. Number two, we have two different brains trying to achieve two entirely different things. And three is even though our brains have good intentions, they are nothing but troublemakers. 
It's important that you understand all three of these concepts. I'm going to give you some examples of what I mean to illustrate the point that I'm trying to make. Okay, let's talk about our first point that I made about thinking that things are factual that are not. So it's important to understand the difference between a circumstance and a thought. A circumstance is something that's objective and neutral that everybody in a court of law would agree on. There'd be no debate. There'd be no going back or, you know, any room for disagreement. It would totally be provable and and whatever, you get my point. <laughs> so that's a circumstance. Anything else is a thought. And the only way we feel anything is because of our thoughts, not because of circumstances. So I'm going to give you some examples of what I'm talking about. I'm purposely going to choose polarizing ones to illustrate my point. Okay, so we're going to start. Yes, I'm doing it on my very first podcast. I'm going to talk about Donald Trump. Um, If there's anybody in this world that's more polarizing than him, please let me know about it. You can post on it in the Brain BS group. Okay, so I'm choosing Donald Trump because so many people hate him and so many people love him. How can that be? If the circumstance is Donald Trump, then the only way that we can have any feelings about him is because of the thoughts we have about him. So if I were to go into a room full of Trump supporters, Republicans maybe, some you know, some like them, some don't. But anyway, you get if I go into a room, everybody in the room loves Trump, and I say something negative about him, then they're all going to think that I'm wrong and they're right. And then their evidence that they're right is going to be because all of them believe it so that it has to be true. The only problem is, is if I went in a room full of Democrats and I talked to them about Trump, they would have a completely different opinion of him. So it's the same circumstance, the same man, but both sides think differently about him and believe that what they think is factual and true. This is why politics is so difficult to manage. We see it at a global level. We see it at a national level. We see it at a local level, and we see it in our families. Everybody has their opinion. They are determined that their opinions are factual and true. The reason for that is because the human brain, when it has a thought, It looks for evidence to support its thought. It's not really open to other ways of thinking. Okay, I have another example. This one is equally polarizing and could elicit a little bit of a response from some of your moms out there, but stick with me. I'll be able to make my point. So the next example is the bond between a biological mother and a biological child. We're told that this is the most amazing bond that ever existed, that there's nothing like the love that a mother has for her child, and that it's tied to that biological link of them taking care of that baby, and it creates a bond like no other. Well, the only problem with that theory is then how do you explain all the women who have children and want nothing to do with them? Or they abuse them, or they neglect them, they give them up. 
And when I say give them up, I'm not talking about women who give up their children for adoption because it's what's best for them. I'm talking about the moms that just don't want anything to do with them. They don't take care of them. They never make them a a priority. And they don't really love them. How can it be then that the biological bond is what makes a mother love her child? It just is impossible, is it? Because we see evidence to the contrary. So the reason why a mother loves her child is because the way she's thinking about her child and the way she's thinking about the bond that she has with her child. But it's not the circumstance that's making that happen. It's the way she's thinking. The next example I'm going to use is murder. Now, I like to think that nobody listening to my podcast is really into murder, but I don't really know that for sure. I know that there are people that are into murder because there's a lot of murderers out there. Murder might not feel like it's a circumstance, but it's neutral until we think about it. For instance, a law-abiding citizen is not going to have the same take on murder as a serial murderer would. Unless, of course, it could be different if they had a loved one that got hurt or harmed in some way and they wanted revenge. So I want you to see it's an extreme example, but I'm illustrating a point again that the circumstances don't make us feel anything. It's the thoughts that we have about them. Let's move on to our second point now, that we have two different brains trying to achieve two different things. This might seem esoteric, and there's a lot of different ways that people will explain this in the jargon and the language that they use. Eckhart Tolle, who wrote A New Earth, he kind of describes it as a relationship between the ego and the soul. Brooke Castillo, who's my mentor and my teacher from the Life Coach School, She refers to it as the primitive brain versus the prefrontal brain. I like to think of it, well, I like to use both those terms and use them interchangeably. And then I like to think of the havoc that the primitive brain and the ego creates as the brain BS. I have some examples I can give you about what I mean between the primitive brain and the prefrontal. So it could be when you decide that you're going to eat one cookie and you end up having three cookies. So your prefrontal brain or your soul, the one that's thinking of your higher good and what's best for you, makes a plan and then you don't stick to it. And then you ask yourself, how is that possible that I desperately did not want that cookie because I desperately want to lose weight but I ate the cookie anyway. Clearly, there's two conflicting desires here, and one is for our greater good, and one is not. Another example is when you say you're going to exercise, and you don't. It's really any time that you've decided that you're going to do something, and your your primitive brain, when the time comes to do it, doesn't want to do it, Then you have two conflicting forces inside one human. And you need to understand that that primitive brain is, even though its intentions are good and it's trying to protect you and keep you in the cave and keep you from being in any sort of danger, it's really misguided and it doesn't need to be doing what it's doing. So you have to understand that you have two two different sources inside you And it's important to keep that in mind and be aware of that. And just because you do have a thought doesn't mean that it's you that's having it. Let me rephrase that. It is you having the thought, but it's your primitive brain. It's not your higher self. It's a different part of you. 
I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about and how disturbing it can be when a thought pops up in your head and you're wondering, why am I thinking this? This thought took place on our second floor deck at our old house. And when I, at the time, I was really anxious. My father-in-law had just died. My dad died. We had two puppies that we got at eight weeks old. I was super stressed, and yes, I had a cold sore. So um, we were out on the deck, and I would get this crazy thought in my head, what would happen if I threw the dogs over the balcony? And I was like, oh my God, it freaked me out that I was even having the thought. I thought, what is wrong with me that I would have this thought? And it made me so anxious. And I knew I would never throw them over the balcony. There was no way I would ever do that. For those of you who don't know me, I love my dogs. And there was no way I would ever do anything to harm them. So I was like, what is going on here? So I ended up looking it up because I Google everything. I have an inquiring mind. And I learned that so many other people do this too. It's just part of having a human brain. Of course, when I did it, I made it a huge problem and a much bigger deal than it was because I thought, I'm a horrible person if this thought can even pop up in my head. But I'm not. It's just, there's nothing weird about it. There's nothing unusual about it. It's just most of us don't go around sharing some of the crazy thoughts that are going on in our head. So I want to assure you today, If you've had some crazy thoughts, you've thought about killing someone, or you've been really mad at someone, and you just want to, I want you to understand that it's okay. It's all part of having a human brain, and you are not your thoughts. Okay, enough about the primitive and the prefrontal. Let's move on to the fact that our brains are troublemakers. Even though they have the best intentions, they are oftentimes misguided. I think the best way to illustrate my point about the brain being a troublemaker is to use this um, example. When, say, take your, say you decide you've had it with society. You're going to go on a sabbatical and you are going to go and be by yourself for the next 365 days. Even in a room by yourself for 365 days, you can still have problems because you still have your brain. Everything that we feel is generated by a thought that we have about a circumstance. Everything. It's not the circumstance. It's the thought we have that gives us a feeling. That feeling generates actions, and that's what gets us our results in life. Unfortunately, the primitive brain oftentimes likes to keep us stuck in apathy and fearful of doing anything different because it thinks it's looking out for us. The problem is, this isn't prehistoric times anymore. It's 2021, and it is safe for us to leave the cave again. Our brain would like to think it's not, and make us think that it's not. But that's just because our brain hasn't evolved, which is why we call it the primitive brain. This part of our brain always likes to make us feel like we're in danger, and we're somehow being threatened, even if it's just because someone's a little bit unhappy with us. Now, I don't want to totally give our primitive brain a bad rap because it serves us in many ways as well. But I think it's really important that we be fully aware of what's happening in our head so that we can understand why we have the results we do in our lives. Because if our thoughts create our feelings and those generate our actions and that gets us our results, 
It means that everything that we have in our lives is because of what's happening in our brain. Okay, so let's recap the three main points that I wanted to go over today to show you more about how your brain works. We consistently believe things to be factual that are not true. So we need to understand the difference between fact and fiction. The second point is we have a primitive brain and a prefrontal brain with competing ideologies and things that they want to accomplish. And the third is that our brain is a troublemaker and it likes to make, it likes to create drama for us and keep us safe and stuck in the cave. So I hope that you feel like you learned a lot of valuable information here in this podcast and have a better understanding of how your brain works. I certainly have challenged my brain with the technology involved and all the edits that I've had to do and all the retakes. And I found myself at times when I let my primitive brain take over, I had the thought, this shouldn't be as difficult as it is. This shouldn't be taking so long. This shouldn't be so hard to do. And then I realized that I wasn't managing my mind and I went back to my prefrontal brain and I realized that it's taking exactly as as long as it should. And I know that because this is how long it's taking. So no matter what we do, whenever we do something new, that's for sure. Our primitive brain is going to try to cause us some problems. And since the brain is a little bit of a troublemaker, it doesn't have a problem with that. And since we oftentimes don't understand that our thoughts are not true and we believe them, that even adds more to the problem. So trying something new like a podcast is a perfect way for the brain BS to come up for me to identify it and then manage it. So in my intro, I said I was going to do a shout out to the stepmoms at the end of the program. So I want to say hello to all you stepmoms out there. Um, Not only do I have the Brain BS group, I also have the So Much More Than Stepmoms group on Facebook. If you're interested in learning how your brain works and the BS that's involved with being a stepmom. That's all I have for you today. Remember, the only thing standing between you and what you want is your brain BS. If you like what you heard on this podcast today and you want to hear more, subscribe to the Brain BS podcast. If you're on Facebook and you want to enjoy lively discussions and opportunities to win prizes, you can go to the Brain BS group. If you're not a Facebook fan, you can go to my website, www.mkcoachllc, and sign up for my emails and a free 30-minute consult to see how I can help you identify the Brain BS that's standing between you and the life you want.